Multitasking yeah. is proven not to work well. Your brain can't handle it. So I'd rather do one little task well and not do it as much. Welcome to the Stuff Up Podcast, a place where we delve into different topics to learn more about ourselves and more about others. And we have some fun along the way. Have you ever had any difficulties in life? Any obstacles? More than one? Well, you're in the right place. Join me in my discussion with speaker, trainer, and coach Anne Max as she shares her life story. And we talk about how to overcome obstacles and how to take little steps in dealing with things as they come. I was reading on your website, your journey and part of your story. And I was just amazed at all the things you went through and how you overcame them. So I wonder if you can just share a bit of your story. I'd be happy to do that, Stephanie. You know, it's really funny because I've been doing quite a few of these interviews because I've just ramped up my business again. And I never thought, I know my life was very different compared to other people, but I never thought that I did anything really remarkable. (laughs) Um, It just, I just did it because I had to, but people seem to think otherwise. So that's very nice. And it has not been an easy journey. So I was born into a retail family and I worked uh, from the age of 12 till the age of 18, Part-time, my father had a ladies' wear store, and it was wonderful because I had new clothes and, you know, and I went buying with him. And when I went buying, uh, I was young and size eight, which is the sample size. So I'd always come back with great things. Uh, now, I don't think my ear would fit into that size eight, but at least it was, you know, an experience that I really enjoyed. So I learned a lot about business. I learned a lot about retail, both the front and the back end of it. I come from an era where uh, people get married early. I'm much older than obviously you and a lot of people here. So I got married at the age of 19, something I would not suggest for anyone. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going. I was just marrying this very good looking, nice man, blah, blah. Uh, We had a child and about three years later. And a couple of years after that, my husband died of cancer. He was 26, and I became a widow at the age of 24. Wow. Yeah, and it was really very difficult because if anybody has ever experienced going through a serious illness, it's not only the the eventual death, but it is the going through it, and you have a child and everything that goes along with that. So it was a very, very difficult time. I was living out of town, and my father asked me to come back to Ottawa, And he got me a job at the Ottawa Citizen newspaper. And I was there for 10 years as the office manager. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, But I could not go any further. But I, I had that job was in an age when computers were not even in. Computers came in about three, four years into the job. And it was absolutely fascinating. So I learned a lot along the way. While I was there, I remarried about four years later. 
And I married, so I made another mistake in that I married the top divorce lawyer in the city. <laughs> oh boy. Not something very smart, unless you think that your marriage is going to last a long time and right. you're going to be very happy. Well, neither of those things happened to me. And at the same time, I, I had a, uh, another daughter. And so my girls are 10 years apart. About five years into the marriage, I realized that I was not happy. I suddenly realized that just things were not going the way I wanted them to. I was a very unhappy puppy. And I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I'd been through a lot. My younger daughter had been through a lot. Now we had another daughter. And financially, we were in very good shape. So why was I going to rock the boat? If I had left at that time, my life would have been very different. I would probably be retired very much earlier and living a life of luxury, but that didn't happen. So what happened was we sort of moved along in the marriage. And after 20 years, we parted and we parted very good friends, but we hated each other's guts at that time. So at the time, you did not part as friends. (laughs) So that's sort of the second part of what I did, Mm. right? So I thought, what can I learn from this, okay? What went wrong during the marriage and what went wrong with the way I dealt with it? And I remember there were days when I would go to work and I would drive off to the side of the road and I would cry Mm. because I was just so miserable. Uh, I would physically break down. I would mentally break down. And I realized at the end of those 20 years, I said to my husband, you know, you've got, you've taken this much of me, but you're not getting the rest. Why did it take me so long to, to get there? Right. Was this the part of your, your own journey into self-development where you kind of were like, I'm not happy in this. I want something new and I know where I want to go. Was this kind of where you, the point where you were at, where you kind of started your journey into? It was slowly starting. I realized that I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted in life. I was always responding to other people's needs. You know, when I became a widow at 24, nobody knew what to do with me. So I didn't have any help. You didn't go for help then. You didn't go to a psychiatrist because you were crazy. Pardon me, my earplugs never fit in my ears here. Oh, I hate um, those <laughs> Yeah, one's already popped out. Um, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what I wanted. And I, I started that realization now yeah, about that time. And I thought, that's not going to happen. So I better sort of change the way I'm doing things, right? So we divorced. I moved out of the house with my daughter who was 14, younger daughter who was 14. The other daughter was away at university. And at that time, I had moved from the Ottawa Citizen to a place called Breton's. And Breton's was a very elegant department store, like a whole rent or in the States, like a Lord and Taylor. Mm-hmm. And I loved it there. Uh, unfortunately, they came in at a time of an economic downturn. And after four years, they did not exist, but it was a, a wonderful experience. I was the operations manager. I love my boss. Things were really, really good. During the time that 
I left Breton's and then, you know, I had my second child. I stayed home for a while and I started working with small businesses and organizing their files, their systems, their processes, uh, operations, things like that. And I really liked being on my own. I had a little taste of it. (laughs) I also started a business called The Honor of Your Presence, as in gifts. And it was like a gift basket business for corporations. And I never thought I had that kind of creativity. And that was, I did that from my basement. I absolutely adored it. But when we got divorced, guess who had to go back and get a job? So I met a friend of mine at the uh, at the store one day, and she said, you need a job? And I said, yes, I do. And she said, oh, I'm working at a place. It's a training company for, uh, it's called Jobs Ontario. It's a training company. Uh, we're working for the Ontario government. Why don't you come in? There's three or four of us, and you'd be perfect. So I was there for a year. And then the government fired us because it was a new government and oh, they fired wow. us by fax. Yes. It was really lovely. And so where was I going to go? So I ended up, so this is sort of the third part of my life. I ended up at Costco and I was the operations manager and the uh, administration manager. I wasn't young. It wasn't an easy job physically. Mentally, mm-hmm. it was fine, but physically it wasn't an easy job. And at that stage of my life, I didn't want to be where I was, but I had started to really stand up for myself. Awesome. And I love that. I, <laughs> so um, I guess the gods were not very happy about that. So various things started to happen to me. So I'm at the store one day and I get a phone call from my ex-husband and he says, uh, I just want to tell you that I'm going bankrupt for a million dollars and you're still signed on to it. Because we hadn't sort of completed everything, right? And uh, he said, so you better go get bankrupt. It's like, you know, go to the drive-thru and get fries and a shake for three (laughs) bucks. And I thought, you've got to be kidding. So I went up to my boss who knew sort of what had been going on. And I said to her, you know, I think I've really had enough of this. I've been a single parent and, and, you know, I've had financial difficulties and this hasn't been easy. And she said, you know, it's a test. And I said to her, I'm sick of passing. I really am. So I went and my brother is a lawyer and bless him. We went over to the Quebec side of the border and in, in a, in a noon hour, in a lunch, I was bankrupt. Wow. Well, it takes as, that it takes that short of time. <laughs> That's well, surprising. when you have a brother who's a lawyer and is a bit connected, it, it's a bit, yeah. yeah oh, gotcha. Is, yeah. But that brought up so many feelings. Yeah. You know, I had to ask all kinds of things. You know, am I going to lose my house? Am I going to lose everything in my house? Um, and as you know, when you're bankrupt, it's on your file for seven years. I mean, it's like having a record, which you do, but you can't use your credit card. Right. And subsequently, when I started my own business, I didn't have a credit card. And here I was a speaker going all over the country and I didn't have a credit card. And you know what that looks like. So off we went to get bankrupt. That was fine. And then various things started to happen. I was robbed and went away one weekend and I came back to my apartment and the door was wide open and everything had been taken, all my silver and my jewelry and all kinds of things. And the picture showed um, two men uh, with a laundry cart. They just shoved everything in this laundry cart. So there went 
part of my life down the drain. Um, various things started to happen, really weird things to me. And at that time, I eventually went to a psychologist, actually. He was a psychologist. And I said to him, you know, is it me? Like, I know, am I manifesting this? Is there something in my being that's saying, like, come on, slap her again, okay? Give her, give her some more things. And he said, no. I said, like, I had this black cloud over my head, right? Hmm. And he said, no, Anne, but he said, I got to tell you, you are a really interesting person. And when you come to the, you know, the appointments, I really look forward to it because you've always got a story. And I'm the type, I'm, I'm what's called a jumper Joe in productivity terms. And I jump from task to task. I can only stay in a job about four years and then I've got to sort of get going. And I'm always interested in, in interesting things. So. I still, I'm not sure that I'm not manifesting sometimes these, these kind of things. While I was at, um, at Costco, I actually, I had my third breakdown mm. of my life. So because I'm a jumper Joe and because I'm the type that works all the way up and then whoosh, I fall, I do this twice a year. I was on my third little episode. And my doctor said to me, listen, if you don't go out now for three months and do nothing, you will not survive. So I did. I sat on the couch in my pajamas and did nothing for three months. But I first had to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. That's some. That's the first step, right? <laughs> Getting out of bed. <laughs> yeah. So I guess coming back from all these challenges, I realized that you first have to get out of bed and you have to do things in tiny baby steps. And you have to say to yourself, good for you. You actually took the covers off today. Yay. Okay. And then good for you. You put your foot on the floor. Yay. So it had to be little steps. I didn't have the energy, physical or mental, to take the big steps. Yeah. And for three months, that's what I did. So I don't know if you've ever had anything like that. I don't know if any of the people on this, you know, this presentation have ever had that. But the steps have to be very little. And then gradually you get that strength back. And you learn along the way. And then I, I sort of set up an action plan. So the first thing I did was I said to myself, who am I? I had three months to figure it out. Who am I? Where am I going? How am I going to get there? And how am I going to maintain where I want to be? Was this something that you yourself said, I need to do this? Or did somebody suggest you need to sit down and think these questions out? I did it myself. Wow. That's perceptive <laughs> because a lot of people don't even so. know where to start, right? No, sometimes you don't. I did it myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I started to do that. And after three months, I went back to work. Uh, Costco was fabulous. They paid me the whole time and they checked in on me because I was concerned I was going to lose my job and mm-hmm. things like that. So off I went to Costco and um, 
after about four years, that's my limit, right? I thought, oh, it's it's time to move on. Okay? I learned so much and I, I loved it there, but it's time to move on. So I went into my, uh, I guess my fourth time frame. And I went to a place called Laura and Laura 2. And Laura is a series of ladies workshops in Ottawa and Quebec City. And I was the human resources manager for Ottawa and Quebec City. I had a lot of experience and it involved, you know, admin and human resources. And after a couple of years, I was fired for the first time in my life. Wow. So once again, the up, the down, the up, the down. At the time, I was 55 years old, when most people are starting to think about retirement, maybe not now, but then. I was so shocked that I just, I, I was speechless. I still don't know why it happened. They, they had a reputation for doing that. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. And um, I found myself outside on the bench in the shopping center going, Holy, mm -hmm. what do I do now? And I remember calling my, he's now my husband, and saying to him, you know, I've been fired. And like this, you know, over the phone, it was this like dead silence. And like, what do I do? I was not young. I was not particularly well. Uh, age of 50, 55 is when the women's troubles start, right? And I had some doozies. Mm. And I was waiting for a hysterectomy. My parents were elderly. They were ill. They had to go into a nursing home. Everything was coming upon me. Oh. And I had no money. I mean, I was living a single life, essentially. I had no money. So I thought, well, what am I going to do? So back to the drawing board. So I allowed myself to feel sorry for myself for about two weeks and eat, you know, all the donuts in the world and the ice cream <laughs> and everything. And, you know watch TV and do everything that I never was able to do. And I believe that's a huge part of it too. I think that the universe says to you, you're going to, you know, slow down. You're going, you're, you know, slow down. You're going too fast. You know that song. So after the two weeks, I thought, okay, what are we going to do? So I read an article that stated the top 10 businesses of the future. One of them was professional organizing. Now, I, I'm sure you'll understand that at this time, my self-esteem was like it's non-existent. Mm. My self-respect was still there, thank the Lord, but my self-esteem was non-existent. And uh, I thought, okay, so the, 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 the job that came up was professional organizing, right? And I thought, that sounds really interesting. Now, it did not exist in Canada. It existed in the States. And I thought that would be really, really good. And because my self-respect was here, I chose something that was really simple. And I knew I was doing that. Mm -hmm. But I also didn't have the physical or the mental capacity to handle anything larger. Right. Right. I had the experience. I had the skills. I had the knowledge. I didn't have the self-respect. So I started organizing. I called it organized to the max. I thought of that in the middle of the night, you know. When yeah, I, I love it. Way, things, where am I going to write it down? <laughs> and uh, I, I started this. now. And I also, in starting a business, had no credit card. So I couldn't 
if I needed anything, I couldn't get it. I was not coming from an existing business. Now, some people, when they're entrepreneurs, they start a business because they've been working for this company for ages. They've learned all kinds of things and they spin off and take clients with them. Well, I had zilch clients, but I knew a lot of people. So I put out flyers and I ended up organizing houses and little offices and things like that. And that lasted a a couple of years. It sort of got me going. And then my husband said to me, "Uh, when are you going to get back to training and speaking and coaching, which is what you're really, really good at? Well, you know, I'm no good. I'm just, I'm worthless and I'm no good. And what do you mean? Go do it. So you had that support. Yes. Your husband, he sounds awesome because having that is so, I mean, some people have no support and they still do it, but I find that you need at least that one person who believes in you to kind of keep you going, right? (laughs) You definitely do. You definitely do. Um, So uh, I I went and I ended up um, teaching for a very nice company. (laughs) I met them on a Friday. And I was very particular about the company I picked because there were a lot of companies at the time that would hire you and you do different courses every day in different cities. That's how you sort of, you know, got your experience. And I knew that that was something I couldn't and wouldn't do. So I finally found a company that was very unique that would use my courses because I had written all kinds of productivity courses. And I started to work for them. So I did courses about three times a month for them. I met them on a Friday. It was a couple, lovely couple. And they said to me, oh, yep, you're perfect. You're perfect. Here is a binder, huge binder. And on Monday morning, you're going to be training um, assistants, executive assistants in the public sector for three days with our material. And I went, what? What do you mean? I can't, I don't know public sector. I've never worked for the government. I don't know anything about it. I don't even know how to address people. All those acronyms. And they said, ah, you'll be fine. I didn't sleep all weekend. No, I don't imagine so. (laughs) No. And my husband is a trainer, is a a tech, technical trainer. So he sort of knew how to do a lot of things, right? So Monday morning, off I go into this hotel and I was there for three days and I loved every minute of it. I loved the administrative assistance. Uh, I loved the teaching and it just went from there. So what happened was uh, as I started teaching these people, they started hiring me for outside things for consulting and coaching and speaking and all kinds of other things. And my first big contract was nine eleven. So when nine eleven happened, I didn't know I'm, I didn't have the radio on. I'm driving down to citizenship and immigration in Ottawa. And I see all these people outside. And I'm thinking, what? Like, what's happening? I found out what happened. So I couldn't have been in a better spot, needless to say. Right. Yeah. And that started me off uh, in the corporate sector. After a couple of years, my clients started to say to me, you know, Ditch the organized to the max. It sounds like you're doing sock drawers <laughs> and change it. So I changed it to productive to the max. So my business was born. Awesome. Now you branch out into other companies or are you still with that? One no. Company? So what happened was I started to branch out into other corporate companies. Mm-hmm. I started to get referrals. I was 
my business has been totally by referral. Awesome. Okay, I'm the worst salesperson in the world. And when people <laughs> meet me, they go, no, no, how can you be? Look at the way you talk about it. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Hate refusal. Okay. That's encouraging We're- because, you know, when, <laughs> when you start your own business, they talk about you need to be a salesperson, a marketer, you need, you know, all this stuff. And you're just like, first of all, it's overwhelming. Second, yes. how can you possibly know all these different things? And yeah. And if you're a ter- terrible salesperson, like I'm the same way. I cannot yeah. sell anything. <laughs> so it's really funny? tricky, right? <laughs> yeah, very tricky. So I was really lucky that I got in that way. Mm-hmm. But like all entrepreneurs and anybody who has their own business, it was up and down and up and down. And there were those wonderful contracts, like the one with citizenship and immigration. And then, you know, you, you'd have a day where you'd be driving home and you'd think, I really would like to get a real job where somebody pays me real money aside from me. I don't want to be the banker anymore. And then, you know, you'd go home and your phone would be ringing and somebody would say, I'd like you to come and speak and I'll pay you $10,000. Oh, I love being an entrepreneur, right? And this is the way it goes and it never changes. Big money. Show me the money. Big big money. Uh, Feeling good, you know, feeling respected, that kind of thing. But entrepreneurship is like that. And with COVID now, it's it's just been deadly. So even if you haven't been affected financially, you are affected emotionally by that kind of thing. It's a very difficult ride for people. Yeah. How do you... Because I myself have dealt with depression and anxiety. And when I, when there's so many steps involved in something or there's like, you have to do this, this, and this, and I get so overwhelmed, I just want to quit. And thankfully I've been, I've been learning as I go, you know, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit because you just keep going. But for people who have a really hard time, especially emotionally, when they've got such emotional like for to say depression or something when they just Mm -hmm. can't see anything outside of themselves. What is, what is something you would suggest that they could do to kind of start, just get going with something? Cause it feels like, it feels like so much is coming at you, right? That's a really good question. And that is what my clients are like, that they're overwhelmed, overburdened, you know, and you you do get that way. So what you have to do is like what I did, you have to stop and you have to answer some questions and you cannot run a business. You cannot live a life. You cannot do anything unless you know who you are. So all the kinds of questions, who are you? Who do you emulate? What do you like to do? Uh, What are you afraid of? Um, what makes you happy, what makes you sad, that kind of thing. And there's lots of those questions. Where are you now in your life and in all aspects of your life? Uh, Where are you going? How are you going to get there? You need an action plan. Mm -hmm. And you need an action plan. And how are you going to be successful and productive when you do? And the key to that is to do it. Remember my tiny little steps? And to take only three aspects of your life at a time. People have big dreams and big goals. And the more that you have, the more that you acquire. And it's according to your, like, there's certain productive personalities that are very interested in things. They're very bright. They're very interested in everything. So 
they grab things that come at them and they can't concentrate, right? Yeah. And they're they're the little shiny balls over here, they're gonna go here, and the little shiny balls here. Alvin, here's a course for twenty thousand dollars on marketing. I'm gonna buy it and never use it. Here's another course that somebody's working. How many of those have we all done, right? Yeah. So it and so and it's so it's saying you always know who you are. So that basis is there. I don't care if you have to put it up on a whiteboard, you have to stick it on your nose. I don't care where you have to stick it. You've got to know. And then as you're working, you have three goals and they keep flowing. So you achieve one and you bring another one in, but not 14 and not 16. I mean, I Mm -hmm. can tell you stories that would curl your hair. I bet. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. They're hilarious, you know? And I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. Okay. When you want to do this also, you acquire stuff. So your, 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 your room or your office looks like a war zone. Yeah. Okay. I once uh, was working with a, a director general. Now I know the names, right? In the government. And I went into this big office and it's like got tons of stuff on it. So I said to him, okay, come tell me what all these things are. Well, honest to God, you know, he wanted to take an MBA and he had a huge job to begin with, wanted to take an MBA. Then he had a, a like a, an airline pilot's cap. And I said, what's that? Oh, I want to learn to ride an airplane. So, okay. And now you've got a little golfing thing, right? So you want to, you know, upgrade your golf game. But what are these pictures of women? Oh, I want to get married too this year. <laughs> So I said to him when I got halfway through, I said, I'm exhausted. I don't know how you feel, but I'm exhausted just looking at all these things. So we have to pare it down. So still going to, this is who I am. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. And these three goals are going to get me there. And this is the action plan. These are the three things in each goal that I'm going to have to do. And each time I do them, I'm going to reward myself. And if these three things underneath each goal are not working, I have to break them down into smaller bits. Mm -hmm. I have to tell others what I'm doing. So that, you know, if I'm doing something that's not going to get me towards my goal, they will tell me. And you've got to stay good for me. And you need support. Is that guy still single? (laughs) (laughs) i'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding <laughs> that, yeah. do you think that ever works because you know how there's people who <clears throat> can do i know i've known people who go to school have kids have <clears throat> a job and it seems like they do all these things all at once and i can barely do one thing like school or a job <laughs> are there people out there who can do things big or do all of us have to go through these small steps that's one thing I've always wondered, because it feels That's like some really people can just do me. it all, right? <laughs> I think if you want to do it well, and you want to do it without any angst, and you want to do it without breaking down, I think you have to start and get into the small steps, okay? you. Okay. I think deep down, these people will have some issues at the end. I'm sure there's a few that can do it, and it depends on what you want. Do you really want a life like that? Doing all these 9 million things and only giving part of yourself to each multitasking is proven not to work well your brain can't handle it so i'd rather do one little task well 
and not do it as much. Because, you know, being a perfectionist, I got to keep doing it until it's right. Yep. So what you have to do when you are breaking down these goals into three steps is you need to plan them out in your calendar. You also need to analyze what type of person you are and what the issues are. Do you procrastinate? Do you, can you not say no? How do you deal with interruptions? So you go deeper and you learn how to deal with these things so that you don't continue to do something if you're a perfectionist until ad nauseum, right? And that's where the coaching comes in because yeah. it's really hard to coach ourselves. Yes. And it's so much easier to coach. <laughs> Not that I'm a coach per se, but when, <laughs> when you know what to do, it's easier to tell others. <laughs> Oh, it is. It's easier to teach them do. Yeah. And one of the things that's really funny is that that I have all these issues. So I know exactly what people are going through. I am yeah. a jumper Joe, right? My husband always says, like, I'll I'll come out and I'll say, Oh, I got so much to do today, and I did and I did this and I did do this. And he'll say, You know, I know a really good productivity expert. Maybe you should talk to her. <laughs> oh, I love your husband. He sounds awesome. <laughs> He's been very instrumental in uh, my business and in, in, in making my business where it is. It's oh. He's been wonderful. And that's a whole other issue working with your husband, you know. <laughs> I whole bet. Other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I, you know, I had to learn all these things. And, of course, working with all these clients and different types of clients, all of whom I love and have come back to me. Mm-hmm. I keep saying they didn't get it the first time, but they do. Because they realize they have to be proactive instead of reactive. It right. saves time, money, and energy. So now they say to me, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you suggest? And we go through the steps. We do the same thing. We go through the steps again. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know they trust you because they keep coming back. Well, that's it. I'm really very excited about that. And I'm, you know, some of them have become very good friends and I still get calls from others. It's, it's, it's really quite wonderful. Um, So subsequently for me, uh, what happened was about four years ago, four years, no, about must have been five or six years ago. I'm looking, I'm sitting across from a corporate client, a very high level corporate client, and she's talking, we're in a coaching session. And I look at her and I think, oh, I really don't care what you're saying. <laughs> like I've had it. I mean, I've heard that millions of times before. And da, 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 da. so I, th- I went home and I said to my husband, not good. This is not good. I don't want to be like this. So I'm burning out again. Okay. Four years. Here we go. So um, I said to him, I'm going to go and do something else. So I have a daughter who's a midwife for the Amish. And I went and worked with her for three months. I went out of town and I worked with her for three months. And on the way back um, to Ottawa, I came back in January, winter storm, the whole thing. I was not well. My husband was not well. We started to get sick. Mm. And... It took a year, a year and a half to diagnose what I had. And in the meantime, I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand. I wouldn't go into my office. I had no mental capacity to do anything because I was in such pain. And I couldn't figure out why it was really, really difficult for someone who's a jumper joke. Yeah. So we eventually figured it out. I have osteoarthritis from here to my bum. 
So my whole spinal area is completely inflamed constantly. And I have all those funny little names for the spinal things. And we eventually had to move into a bungalow. And we moved out of town for two and a half years into the country, into a bungalow. I had to change everything that I did in my life, how I did it, how fast I did it, not fast anymore. And the fact that I could only go to the store for 10 minutes and walk for 10 minutes and I had to sit down on a heating pad in the middle of the day, I couldn't work for 15 hours. And that just changed changed my whole being. And I fought it for two years. I really fought it. But you can't fight pain. Hmm. So I'm glad to say that I've finally given in. I set up a whole scenario for myself every day. This is what's happening. I blocked it the time I needed for myself. And uh, so we went to the country. I opened um, an Eastern Ontario Women in Business women's group. And two and a half years later, I sold it. And move back to Ottawa. And now I'm ramping up productive to the max again, but mainly for entrepreneurial women who want to become productive. So once again, life, you know, it, you know, this is the way it is. And I really feel for people with chronic pain mm. and where their life has been entirely changed either by depression, anxiety, physical or mental pain. So I totally understand that. Wow. And so far, that's where I am. I have a friend who, I have a friend who uh, has, she's had a lot of illnesses over the years, but she has arthritis and other stuff and she's in constant pain. So when I go visit her, some days she's like, oh, I can't see anybody. I'm in pain. And, and then I'll, uh, I'll see her and she's like, oh, I'm still in pain, but it's less pain. So every day she's in pain. And I'm like, how do you live with it? And she goes, you get used to it. I, I don't even know how I, (laughs) I mean, I'm such a baby when I'm in pain, I'm like, ah, you know, (laughs) I, well, you become resilient. You do, you, 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 you become resilient and you have to adjust your life according to what it is. Now we know what adjustment is like now in COVID. Right. Look at what COVID's done to our lives and look at how resilient we really are. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's been terrible. Yeah. Sometimes f- mental pain is worse than physical pain. You know, you realize because we, we always, we like things to stay the same and we get used to it. And then when things change, cause they always do, you realize how we need it at the time uh, because, and then how we adapt to it. Right. Because yeah, that's just how life is. We learn to adapt to the change and we don't like it, <laughs> but sometimes we need it. So yeah, you have no but, choice. Uh, so, and and you can't keep going back over spilled milk. You can't right. go kicking back over it. And there's a lot of people who do. Oh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I don't go back over anything. I don't remember anything. I think I, I just put it out of my mind, right? Because I want to move forward. And I want to be happy in moving forward. And I want to uh, learn new things. And I want to be positive all the time. And I think somebody once asked me, how did you get through all this? Well, it was it was just the things I was telling you, but also a sense of humor. You have to have a sense. I think if you don't have a sense of humor, you'd never get through anything in life. Right. 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting. My parents have this friend uh, they've known since they were in their 20s, and he's become pretty bitter. Mm-hmm. And my mom asked him one time, what what happened? And he goes, life. And I mean, I, I get it. And I've seen a progression in my own grandmother. She was very bitter and and I could see myself going that way too for, for a very mm-hmm. long time. Like I hated my job. I hated the people from my past that hurt me and everything. But I remember thinking, I never want to be like that where I'm a bitter person and people actually don't like me and <laughs> don't want to be around me. And I was thinking, you know what? Yeah, life happens, but you have to gain the perspective where you look at it different, differently. So it didn't, you know, cause we could say, well, this happened to me. I'm going to be angry about it. Or we can choose to say this happened. I have to learn how to let it go or deal with it or change my perspective that maybe I learned something from it, but that's tricky, right? <laughs> it's very tricky. Yeah. And yeah. you have to find a new path. And some people aren't creative enough to do that. And that makes it very difficult. So sometimes that's when you need help Yeah, to carve out that path. You know, uh, if you're creative and you're constantly thinking of new things, it's just, it's just who you are, then it's easy. But you have to create a new path. And I'm always creating new paths, sometimes to my detriment. So being <laughs> the shiny object, it's, oh, here's a path. I'm going on it. It's so interesting, you know. Um, one of the things, too, I was just on a call, coaching call with two people this morning who have collaborated in their business, It's which is just marvelous. Two very young women who are very successful in the same business, and they decided to collaborate. Awesome. Uh, and sometimes that works. Sometimes, you know, getting together with someone else so you can get a different perspective is very important. When you are a an entrepreneur, it's a very lonely life. Mm-hmm. You don't really have people to talk to because you're at home and a lot of people are at home now. So you have to invent a tribe of some kind that will be at your level and will give you the support that you want. You have to be able to talk to other people. Um, that's something that's very important. So, you know, the sense of humor, the, the, uh, the collaboration, the help from others and, you know, um, not the competition. But the help from others is really very important when you are, you know, an entrepreneur. It's a, it's a very different world. That That's so good. That's so true. Yeah, because you can yeah. feel so isolated. And I think, well, that's what people are dealing with now with COVID if they don't have a network around them. I'm, I'm an introvert, so I like when people, uh, it's hard to say because I do like being around people. Mm-hmm. but then sometimes I have my way too much fill of people, which always happened when I was working. <laughs> so then I just want to get away and I like isolating myself, but then I can get into this rut. Yeah. It can, it can mess with your mind. My oh, yeah? husband's the complete opposite. Complete. <laughs> we couldn't be more opposite if our lives depended on, it. I think we have the same values. That's it. So he's a complete and utter introvert, and I totally understand. So you have to find the best way. But, yeah, you've got to be pulled out of yourself sometimes. And sometimes I'll just, you know, yell, we're going. Because it's very hard when you – it's been a real learning lesson for me because I'm not an introvert. Apparently I am. I was told by somebody who reads – 
some kind of energy that I actually am an introvert. And oh. she got me thinking that she probably could be right in some aspects because I do like to be alone an awful lot. But after a certain amount of time, I really miss people. And well, I don't get upset when I know I'm going to be with people. I mean, I can navigate a room and do all that kind of thing. But my husband gets nervous before, and then he has to sleep for two days after because of the energy expended with these people. Wow, that's that's a lot. Well, there's the different, uh, oh, what's the word? Different levels of introversion. Yes. I mean, I'm more yeah. an ambivert, which is kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. I can I can be out and, you know, blah, 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 blah. People, my coworkers thought I was an extrovert. Yeah. And I'm like, no, but because when I'm done here, I'm done. I don't want to go out. I don't want to talk to anybody. Leave me alone. <laughs> You're yes. Yeah. But I'm blessed that I was because when I was growing up, I would need way more downtime after being around people, but now it's kind of like I need less downtime and I can be more, more active. So I think it it can change as you grow older or maybe changes as you either way, maybe it changes. I don't know. (laughs) You get worse. It depends on how you've been brought up. I have a family that's very extroverted. So, you know, it, it just, I used to bring boys home and they wouldn't last for more than one visit. I used to wonder why. (laughs) <laughs> and now I know, I mean, it's just so loud. When I brought my husband home the first time, it was so loud. He couldn't handle it. Like <laughs> he couldn't believe it. Right. Extroverts, really smart, loud. So, you know, <laughs> so That's that makes funny. a difference too. Awesome. Yeah, where you've been brought up. Yeah. yeah. So if people want to get in contact with you, right. how can they reach you? So it's www.productivetothemax.com. And or Anne Max, and it's I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on everything. I'd be happy to talk to them, and I offer a free 30 uh, minute consultation. Awesome, I'd be happy to talk to anybody. Awesome, help them out. Well, thank you so much, Anne. This was fun, it was fun chatting with you. Thank you, and thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it, and I wish you all the best in your business. Employers and corporations talk about multitasking all the time as if it's this like grand thing that's the best thing in the world and we all have to be multitaskers. And Anne just confirmed, as I knew all along, that multitasking is not actually good. Because if you are taking bits and pieces of yourself to do, to do like five things at once, you're not putting 100% into it you're getting distracted because you've got five things going on. So thank you, Anne. Yes, I am totally with you on that. Multitasking is not a good idea. Thank you, Anne, for coming on and sharing your story and giving us little tips on how to deal with with difficulties that come into our lives. Hey guys, check me out on Facebook at Stuff Up Podcast and Instagram at Stuff Up underscore podcast. I might change that. I have no idea. And check out my website and my blog at www.stuffuppodcast.com. You are amazing. Know that. Know that you are doing awesome. You are awesome and you are doing awesome. And I want you to know that you are worthy. You are capable. 
and just keep going. Keep moving forward. I believe in you. I know you can do it. And join me for next episode when we talk about philosophy with my friend Hope. I know. I know you think it's a useless degree. I know you do. (laughs) Most people do. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, is it really useless? No, it's not. So don't forget to join. So you're going to have to check it out. And I know you're curious now, of course. (laughs) So as always, I hope you go out there and make it a great day.